Welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Eats Strategy. With your host, entrepreneur Jamie J. Jamie J. On this podcast, we unpack the most powerful, intangible culture. Culture. Culture is way more than a mission statement or words on a wall. It's how a company behaves. It's what informs every decision, action, and reaction. Culture is the invisible hand, the true north that guides every organization. And if you create a legendary culture, you will build a legendary company. A legendary company. Now, here he is, Jamie J. Hello, another episode here. Culture Eats Strategy with me, Jamie J. And today we're talking with Nathan Hirsch. Uh, if you heard last episode, I talked with Andy Storch and we were talking about leadership. And, and then I also talked about a Facebook Live that I did with our new COO, Anthony Wolliver. One of the biggest challenges I had as a leader from a cultural perspective was being in the way of myself. And um, I want to, and I, I personally want to thank Anthony for helping me out with that. And it, it's okay as a leader to kind of give up some of the responsibilities and let other people do that. One of the other things is <laughs> I'm in an industry here. Um, as many of you know, I own a company called Bottleneck uh, dot online, which is a virtual, virtual assistant company. But I am so stoked today to bring Nathan Hirsch on, who is about 20 years ahead of me on this, by the way. <laughs> And he has his own company called FreeUp, um, where he helps people in much the same way. Here's, here's the cool part about what, I'm gonna, what we're going to be talking about today. We're both in a similar industry, but I don't consider myself to have any competitors. And one of the best things I can do is talk to other people in the industry, find out what they're doing, share ideas back and forth so that we can, there's enough to go around. I really appreciate Nathan having the courage to do what he's doing. And I appreciate him as an entrepreneur and what he's done and kicking ass uh, and taking names. I really appreciate that. And I'm super stoked to share all about FreeUp. And we're going to have a little conversation about culture and how that is affected or reflected in a remote-based environment. So Nathan Hirsch, he's 28 years old. 29, 29. He's 29 now. He's 29 now. Um, So he's getting up there. (laughs) <laughs> um, so, and he's, he's a serial entrepreneur, <clears throat> excuse me, an expert in remote hiring and e-commerce. He started his first e-commerce company out of his college dorm room selling on Amazon. To date, he sold over $25 million worth of products online through his e-commerce efforts. And he runs freeup.com. And that's F-R-E-E-E-U-P. Is that right? Yeah, threes. <laughs> three E's. Three E's in there. We got to get threes in there. Uh, Nathan, so much. thank you so much for uh, joining us. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, and thanks for having me on. And I, I agree with you. I mean, there's no shortage of business owners out there looking to hire. And I mean, you, having the mindset of competition, and I think both of our opinions is old. And I think you can find different ways to collaborate and help each other. And everyone wins rather than um, just keeping yourself. And that's part of why, why I love FreeUp. I get to just interact with all different business owners in different industries and help people however we can. That's so cool. So how did you get started, <clears throat> excuse me, in getting into this industry? 
Yeah. So I started off as a broke college kid looking for extra side money. And I had this internship that my parents always made me have a summer job. My parents were teachers and they, I was kind of middle-class. So I always grew up working hard and I kind of realized that I, I hated working for other people. I, I learned a lot of this internship about customer service and managing people and and all that, but I, I just didn't like it. And I kind of looked at college as a ticking clock. If I didn't figure out how to start my business before I graduated, I was going to get thrown into the real world and really struggle to get out of it at that point. So hmm. I started buying and selling people's textbooks and created a little referral program. Before I knew it, I had lines out the door of people trying to sell me their books. So I got a little glimpse into being an entrepreneur. And I actually got a cease and desist letter from my college telling me to knock it off because I was taking up too much of their business. So <laughs> there I am. I had to audible a little bit. And I'd come across Amazon when I was selling these books. And this was back in 2008. Amazon was just becoming more than a bookstore. And I, I started experimenting with outdoor equipment and video games, computer games, a pretty standard college guy stuff. And I just failed over and over and over. And it wasn't until I, I branched out of my comfort zone and found the baby product industry that my business really took off. So if you can imagine me as a 20-year-old single college guy selling millions of dollars of baby products out of my college dorm room, that was me. And it was pretty crazy. I, I met with an accountant. I thought, okay, I'm making a lot of money. I should probably start paying taxes, right? And the first thing he asked me is, when are you going to hire your first person? And I kind of looked at him like, like, why would I do that? That's money out of my pocket. They're going to steal my ideas. They're going to hurt my business. And, and he just laughed in my face. And he said, Nate, you're going to learn this lesson on your own. Well, sure enough, my first busy season comes in and I don't know what busy season is and I get destroyed. I'm working 20 hours a day. My social life plummets, my grade goes down and, and I fight to get through to January. When I finally make it out the other side, I, I think, man, I, I can never let that happen again. I, I need to start <laughs> hiring people. So I posted a job on Facebook. First guy that applies, this kid in my business law class. And he, he says, hey, I need a job. I, I hire him without interviewing. Amazing hire. Learns fast, works hard. He ends up being my business partner. His name's Connor. And so there I am thinking, man, this hiring thing is easy. You post a job, someone shows up, you make more money, your life becomes easier. And I proceed to just make bad hire after bad hire after bad hire. Learning a lot along the way and, and really learning that, that college kids were not very reliable. And and no 30-year-old expert wanted to work for me. So I got thrown into the remote hiring world, the Upworks, the Fivers. I know you're familiar mm. with them. And after using them for a while and finding some good people, but also just going through so many different applicants that took up time, I thought, hey, I, I think I can build a better marketplace. And, and that's when the idea of free up came about. So that's how I went from a, a broke college kid to starting my Amazon business to eventually getting to free up. That's so cool. So tell us a little bit more about free up and, and what not necessarily differentiate, differentiates you from other services or makes you better, but what is it that positions you in a different manner? So, I mean, I really tried to take everything that I liked about the other platforms and, and change what I didn't like. And I mean, for me as an entrepreneur, it's, it's all about time, right? Anything hmm. you can do to get time, you can always make more money. You can't get your time back. So we're really focused on speed and that quality. So, I mean, we get thousands of applicants every week. We we vet them for skill, attitude, communication. These are virtual assistants, freelancers, agencies from all over the world. Top 1% get in. We get the, our clients access to them quickly whenever they need them, all about that speed. 
on the back end, 24-7 support. It's something that I know we both believe in, great customer service. And, and then that no turnover guarantee, if someone quits, we cover replacement costs and get them someone else. So with that, that pre-vetting that they didn't have, the speed they didn't have, the, the better customer service on both sides, not just for the clients, but for the freelancers. And then that no turnover protection that just helps every entrepreneur sleep at night um, better. That's really how we've tried to differentiate ourselves. And then on the more crazy side, I put my calendar right at the top of the website and I plan on keeping it there so people can actually talk to the owner of the company, no matter how big we are, if needed. Oh, that's fantastic. Good for you. What do you find about uh, the, the freelancers, as you call them, working for you? How do you maintain um, your energy, your vision, your mission throughout the organization, even when it's somebody in a re remote location? Yeah. And keep in mind, it's almost like two different things. You've got the network of virtual assistants, freelancer, and agencies that are offering services on my platform. And they don't really work for me. They, they're offering their services. They set their own prices. They do the work between them and the client. And then you've got my internal team, which is a lot of VAs in the Philippines that handle our customer service or billing. But then we also hire freelancers to do our marketing, run my Instagram, higher level US freelancers as well really practicing what we preach. So it, it's kind of a different element for all three. The, the freelancers and virtual assistants on our platform, yes, we vet them for skill, attitude, and communication, but we also hold them to those standards once they get on our platform. And we're very quick to remove people. And we make it very clear that we're there to help them. We want them to grow their freelance business. We'll provide them clients and resources, but it's up to them to, to come through and have strong communication and, and lead to that good experience with with my virtual assistants in the Philippines, it's, it's about motivating them and keeping them organized and creating systems and processes for them to, to follow and really using them because they're A++ players. They're, they're not just followers to help make those processes and systems better and better over time and, and really keep that culture because having a culture when you have three VAs is, is a lot easier than when you have 50 VAs. So really yes. keeping that. Um, and then you got the freelancers that, that are more, they're, they're business owners that we're hiring as service providers. And we make them feel a part of the business without, this, without having it be the exact same way that we do with the virtual assistants because we're not their only client. We respect that. We know what the boundaries are. We know we can't call them 24-7, but we also have expectations that a certain level of work has to be done. So it's almost like three different dynamics that we have going on within Freya. Oh, that's fantastic. So a lot of companies, well... And, and more and more, I think, are, are really, really embracing a vision and a mission. Yeah. Are, do you guys dedicate vision and mission, and do you embrace something like that? And if so, what is that like? <laughs> I've never defined it in that way. I mean, we want to change the, the way that people hire. We feel like, I mean, if you go back 20 years ago, people were hiring in a totally different way. And then the marketplace of the remote hiring came around. So people started doing it one way, which became a big free for all of browsing applicants. And, and then from there, um, we want to change it even more where there's more pre-vetted, there's more expectations, there's better customer service. And that's what we're trying to do. But then we also take the mentality of, of genuinely caring about all sides and wanting to make sure everyone's happy. And 99% and of the time, that the freelancers do a great job and my phone's not blowing up all the time. And, but there's always that, that 1% that of human error or whatever happens. And, and we just take the mentality that, hey, we're all on the same side. Let's quickly resolve it. Let's make it right. And then 
let's move forward. And that's kind of our mentality throughout business, whether we're dealing with a partner, a freelancer, a client, a podcast I'm on, we're always looking for those win-wins where, where everyone benefits. That's fantastic. I, I absolutely love that. I think it's so huge to go into business with that mindset that you have. Um, we, we like to think of ourselves as um, leading with kindness. And when I say leading, I'm talking about everybody within, you, you mentioned there's three different aspects of your business, one with the internal team. And I'm talking about our internal team and then the external virtual assistants and the external clients. And so we've actually defined a vision. We've actually defined a mission and we share it during every meeting that we have. Um, thanks again to Anthony for, for making sure that that's been done. Um, and we really, really do embrace it. And I remember being in corporate America, like you, I feel I'm unemployable, right? Yep. And in corporate America, man, like brass would be coming and we'd get this piece of paper, make sure you memorize the mission, make sure you memorize the mission. Then they'd leave and we'd never talk about it again until the brass came through. And I just, I found it really hard to buy into that. And so our culture is driven. And the best part about it, you mentioned systems and processes earlier. One of the best aspects of having remote team, staff, member, whatever that is, it's even more important to be clear on your systems and processes because they may not be directly in the same space that you are in. How long did it take you to create your first systems and how often do you revisit your systems and processes? Uh, I'll start off with, I revisit them probably once a quarter and I have, I make it the responsibility of certain VAs to be in charge of the processes. So when we change stuff, it's their job to update it, to keep it updated. And, and I mean, it took me years. I was a pretty terrible person at hiring for a long period of time and it hurt my business. It set me in circles and it wasn't just the processes. It was the combination of a lot of things. It was how I interviewed. It was how I built a culture and how I managed and how I led. And, and then it was the systems that were broken, that weren't clear, that didn't give them enough information. And then it was also the setting expectations and, and holding people to those expectations and not giving them a lot of leeway to, to bar too far away from the, the way that they should be going. So I, I think that, it, I mean, no one has a 100% hiring record and no one just becomes a, a hiring guru or they're just like, I'm the best. I, I figured this out. This, this whole thing makes sense now. You're, you're always getting better and better and better at, over time. And I was fortunately not, fortunate enough to hire my first person when I was 20. So I had, I had a lot of time to, to learn those lessons along the way. But it, it's just an ever-improving process. And even your systems, I mean, I haven't found a system yet where I'm just like, oh, that's set in stone for the rest of the business. And you're always trying to improve it and increase it as you go. Yeah, I call them, our, our workflows are living, breathing documents. Exactly. <laughs> Constantly changing, yeah. Oh, that's great. So I wanted to have one question here to ask you. What is the right time to start hiring? So for years, I kind of avoided this question. It's funny because I never want to take the mentality with my clients where it's like, you need to hire someone right now because that's just not how I do business. I'm there to provide options and I'm not a business coach either. I own a marketplace. So for, then I, people didn't like that. So I used to, so now I took a step back and I thought, how do I decide when it's the right time to hire? And what I do is I look at the numbers from the month before, how much money did we make? And then I decide how aggressive do I want to be? And there's no right or wrong here. If you want to be 
more aggressive and go towards building that empire, maybe you invest 40 to 60% of your profits. And if you want to be more conservative, because we're all in different places in our business and in our life, maybe it's 10 to 30%. And once you identify what that number is, then you can say, how do I use that money to invest it? And you have to decide, are, are you hiring basic level followers to follow your SOPs? Are you hiring mid-level doers to, to do projects like graphic design and content writing? Or are you hiring experts, stuff that's too far outside your core competency that you want someone to bring strategy to the table? So that's kind of how I go about it, figuring out the budget of what I, I should hire or how much I should spend or I want to spend, and then figuring out what do I spend that money on. Wow. So, so how long have you been doing this now? Uh, so my Amazon business, I ran for eight years, free up. Uh, this is year four. Perfect. What were some of the biggest challenges? <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, I've learned a ton of lessons along the way. One, one of the biggest lessons I, I learned was back in the day, I thought, um, I thought, hey, it would be good to just have a, a manager of the day. So I hired someone and I trained them for six months to, to run my entire business. I taught them customer service and listing and, and changing prices. And I invested a ton and time and energy into this person. And when I was done, it was awesome. I remember waking up that day and thinking, man, my business is so much easier. I can take a step back. I have freedom now and time to take my first vacation. So on my, the, on my first day of that vacation, I went to Myrtle Beach and I'll probably never go back. I get a phone call saying that he was quitting on me. So six months of training down the drain, but I learned a very valuable lesson about diversification and and not putting all your eggs in one basket. Because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, they make a bunch of bad hires and then they finally find something they like. And so what do they do? They, they teach that person to do everything and it just makes your business so risky. So that was a, a pretty devastating moment and a pretty mm. big setback in, in my first business. But you look at everything as a learning opportunity and, and I'm happy that happened in year one and two and not year five, six, seven. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 would be pretty pretty challenging, and it, it, it does go. I think it's really important. Um, we, we every year we look at revisiting the job roles and responsibilities of everybody on the team. And what's really neat is that I have whatever team member create their own job role and their own responsibilities. And it's pretty exciting because you can see now where there might be some overlap between one position and another to right. where maybe we can, does that need to be there? Or can we separate that a little bit and define the job roles even more? But the best part about it is you're giving them the opportunity to make a decision on what it is that they really enjoy doing. And this is what they're they're doing. And when you said diversification, that's that's a great example, in, in my opinion, of, of really empowering someone to do that job role 100% effectively, as opposed to kind of getting gray areas, you know, and maybe having uh, things cross over. And then you don't have to jeopardize um, um, a business. Plus, another thing that we recently did, which I thought was pretty exciting, is we brought uh, the CEO together. We all did a couple days of whiteboarding, and we mapped out how the company you know, the org chart, the organization chart and how that's going to work and how it looks. And it was really cool because we were able to discuss what our roles and responsibilities are as a leadership group. 
and how that would trickle down and get it feedback and empowerment from the team. And it was really exciting to figure out, okay, here's where we're missing. How do we make this up? And it was, it was pretty, pretty exciting that way. So do you have a leadership team as well? Yeah. So if you think of three main parts of our marketplace, we got our billing, we got our our customer service and filling tickets, and you got our freelancer success team, which that's people before they get on. So we have team leaders for each team and that's kind of the core. And then in addition, you've got like social media and and content and stuff like that. But the three main team leaders, I mean, they work directly with me. I'm a system, I'm a process guy. I'm in the day-to-day operations. So um, yeah. And and those are people that have worked with me for years. Chicky Ann, who runs my freelancer success team, She's worked with me for seven years. I'm the, the godfather wow. of one of her kids. So um, we, we go way back. That is so cool, man. It's really exciting to hear how you've, you've done this. And, and mind, mind you, at such a young age. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. I turned 30 in one month. So I'm enjoying my 20s while well, I can. <laughs> yeah. When, when's your birthday? April 25th. I'm April 29th. Man. Oh, really? <laughs> right there. We're getting there, man. <laughs> wow. So, um, how do people get in touch with you? Yeah. So, freeup.com with three E's right on the website. You can create a free account, mention this podcast for a $25 credit. You can book a time on my calendar. You can check out the free up blog, the free up YouTube channel. Um, and yeah, I, I look forward to uh, meeting a lot of you. I love meeting other entrepreneurs. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, what I'm going to do is I'll list all of this out on the show notes there. So we're going to link all of this up there so that people can find you on whatever their favorite social media channel is. And also go to your uh, site there. And that's freeup.com, F-R-E-E-E-U-P.com. Is there anything else, Nathan, you'd like to add before we wrap? Don't give up. If you're hiring, again, no one has a 100% hiring record. Just keep focusing on what you can control and improving the aspects of your business. And eventually you'll make some really great hires. Ah, I love that. It's fantastic. One of the, one of the coolest things that, that we like to do is we like to set up what we call as a delegation roadmap. And on that delegation roadmap, they list out all the tasks that they do in a given day and then they assign two values. Does this give you energy or does it not? And is this something you must do or can you delegate this to somebody else who can do it 80% as you or better? What they find is after they go through that list of tasks that they do, now all of a sudden they take all the tasks they don't like doing at all, drain them of energy and that someone else can do for them. And now they have a job role. So yeah. when they go into that hiring, it's kind of a good way of getting in there and knowing, okay, this is exactly what I want to be able to look for in a new hire. And the person that they're hiring, that candidate, can say, oh, I see exactly what they expect of me. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a great way um, that we found really, really works better um, and are helpful in, in you know, getting that first round of, of hires uh, going through there. It kind of puts you in a good direction. Um, yeah, again, Nathan, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. Sure thing. So this has been another episode of Culture Eat Strategy with the one and only Nathan Hirsch of Free E E up.com. Uh, definitely go check that out. I'll post everything there for you. Um, again, my name is Jamie J with Culture Eats Strategy. Don't forget to go to iTunes and give us a rating and review if you can. It, give us a five star if you love it. If you don't love it, rate us whatever you want and tell me why. I want to be able to improve. Like I say, it's, it's your 
feedback that's going to make this uh, podcast even better. Um, hopefully, I'll get a five-star today with having Nathan on here because that guy's a plain rock star. But uh, thanks again for uh, jumping on and listening to Culture Each Strategy, um, where we lead with kindness. And I talk to all kinds of unbelievable leaders uh, with an incredible culture. Hopefully, you learned something today. Don't forget to go check us out. It's uh, on behalf of Nathan Hirsch. My name is Jamie J with Culture Eat Strategy. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.